Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. Bouncing back into another big edition for 2022. It is the first edition of the Talking Hoops podcast for this year. I have Traith. I am, of course, Ned and John back on the podcast again. We'll kick things off with you, Johnny. How's life treating you in 2022, man? Just a couple of yeah. weeks away from being a dad, man. Which I is know, exciting. dude. It's getting uh, getting really exciting now. We're not far away, and uh, no, we've settled in in a new place really, really well. But uh, keen to talk some hoops. I missed you guys last week, and uh, of course, we had a little break there over Christmas. So uh, keen to get into it, and looking forward to a big 2022, man. It's going to be a good one. Oh, man, and look at this guy right here, too. That is going to be a massive one, Johnny. We are going to get back into this. Super excited because we're going to cover some NBL as well. The man with the master plan, but not really when it comes to the NBL, is Treith Leffler. Leff, been slacking on the NBL, I hear, brother. Uh, a little bit, man, a little bit. NBA is my passion. I need to catch up to catch up to you two with the NBL side of things, but it, it looks good so far. I see some teams are really doing well and some teams who aren't doing as well. So I <laughs> There's teams that are winning games, there's teams that are losing games. Yeah, that's and, right. And they're, they're playing the game, which is exciting right there, Left. But the great thing about the NBL, man, is you get to see some great up-and-coming prospects like we've spoken about. Like, look at Josh Eady as an example. He's just come out as the NBA Western Conference Player of the Month yet again. And we got to see it all here first in Australia. And does it blow your mind, John? Like, we watched a lot of the NBL last year to see Giddy right up there with the NBA's best in rookies. And, of course, I'm not sure where I had this on. It was like a couple of down the stretch, but we may as well talk about it real quickly. He was the youngest player in NBA history to pick up a triple-double. That's an amazing feat right there. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I'm actually not surprised at all. And we called it on this podcast, gosh, even a little while ago now, that he's built for the NBA. And he's quite literally six foot seven. He can see the floor well. He can shoot when he needs to, but a great distributor. Some of those assists that he's thrown in those last couple of games have been insane. So, and, and of course, he's got a good situation at OKC as well. Like he can sit in there, he can sort of play a few different positions. But with Gilgis Alexander and the good supporting cast around him, like he's had that chance to flourish as well, which, you know, maybe he wouldn't have it at other teams. But, you know, you talk about Aussies in the NBA and we'll cover it surely but Landale's getting some good minutes now Paddy's gone to another level but Josh Giddy was built for the NBA and I really feel that we have spoken about that in the past left but I think that he's just the man he's crazy he's he's playing so well it didn't shock me either in fact I think you might have called it John saying that he'd be he'd be the youngest player to score a triple double in the NBA and good prediction man good prediction because <laughs> I think I did actually yeah I'll take it yeah. I'm pretty sure it was you we need to go back and write these sort of things down because we did do this last year with our bold predictions and whatnot. We actually wrote them down, put it out there. I am sure that you did call that Fitzy and you do know basketball back to front, but I love it right there. Did you see the other day he had a double-double without scoring? Yeah. kind of player you want in your team right there, man. Unselfish. I was going to say, first player in 50 years to have a double-double with zero points. How crazy That's amazing. is that? Amazing. That's the sort of unselfish player that you want on your team. Of course, he kicked things off in the NBL for the Adelaide 36ers last year. That's my little segue, Johnny. Let's talk <laughs> the National Basketball League. It's off, what are we, three or four? Oh, six games yeah. now. How are we going to kick things off with the NBL? Yeah, well, let's let's run through a few of the headlines, of course, first. As you sort of pointed to, a few, a few teams have played six games. A few have played four. Obviously, there's been some postponements of games, and that's probably the first thing off the bat right now is yeah. only a few 
few hours ago from when we recorded this, there's been a report of a uh, an outbreak in the Perth Wildcats hub as well, or they're in sort of their team. So maybe hubs are back on the cards, guys. Like, I'm not really sure how they're going to navigate this season, but uh, there's a few teams now that have been affected by it. Of course, postponed games is happening, but I don't know, man, whether they need to start. They'll bring up some uh, possible NBL one players as replacements if they need to, but I'm just not sure how the NBL sort of navigates this one, Eddie. I don't know what you think, but maybe hubs are the only answer. Hubs could be the go. That's what happened last year. And I think, is Perth still close to everywhere else, Johnny? Oh, they're not even letting people in. So yeah. I don't know how it's going to work without them hubbing out. And I know New Zealand's sort of in the same situation as what they were last year as well. They haven't played a game overseas yet. And COVID taken over and really sort of not only destroying the world at the moment, but the, the hoops as well. It's it's the it's the world we live in. But um, hey, let's get the NBA analysts' thoughts on this one, left. What do you think? The whole COVID situation is affecting everything and everyone. It's affecting the NBA. It's affecting the NBL. I don't really know how you fix it. Either you sort of just got to pick one location and get all the teams to come in. But it's a big ask on the players to sort of stay in one location, away from their families. That's probably the only fix you can really do. Constant testing. I mean, the rapid PCR tests are sort of effective, but it just it's so common nowadays. It just takes one contact and then suddenly the whole team's infected so i don't really know what you do personally but it is crazy yeah it's the next couple of weeks are going to be very interesting left to see where it sort of lies the nba's come out and said they're just going to play through it the nbl whole different kettle of fish i guess so we're gonna have to watch this space as poor per always johnny but you've taken some time out you've got some notes on each team and and where they're sitting at the moment dude yeah, and I can throw it to yourself, and maybe we can help Left find a team amongst all of these notes. But of course, we have to kick things off with the Perth Wildcats, five and one man. They're back on top where we kind of hope we wouldn't see them. But how about Bryce Cotton? He's just dominating at the moment. Love the addition of Vic Law to that team as well. Of course, the Luke Travers is out there. He's a potential draft prospect in the coming years. Wagstaff playing some good minutes. Majok and Blanchfield as well. It's just a solid team. Mitch Norton's only just come back as well, and Michael Fraser the third. He's that third import that Perth gets. So he's come in as well. He's making a little bit of an impact but i'm just a bit scared man i think perth's going to be that dominant team but who knows what happens with this COVID outbreak so keep an eye on that one but uh, one team you mentioned off air was the southeast melbourne phoenix they're playing some nice basketball at the moment as well i'll tell you what i love their starting five i'll tell you tell you something about that in a sec but two wins against new zealand is the only thing that i'll throw in there two of their four sorry two of their uh, three wins there against New Zealand is the only thing. But I love seeing Kyle Adnam finally getting his chance. Of course, he played behind Kiefer Sykes there for a little while. So he's got his chance. But Munford, he's the man. He's a pure scorer out there. And Creaky's taking his game to another level. And you throw in Brock off and, and Chi, the big man in there as well. And like That's a very solid starting five. And then you look at your bench depth with Cam Glynn, uh, Panu, and, and Tarangi as well. Don't forget, he's still there. So like they've got a really solid team, dude. And I'll tell you what, could be a good chance for the Phoenix to string a few nice games together as well. Yeah, most definitely. They are looking a very good, easily the best team that they've had on paper since their sort of, what's the word, induction into the league. Kiefer Skykes, though, does that name ring a bell to you, Left, He actually suited up today. He's, there's another one with NBA experience. Now he now plays for the Indiana Pacers, if you don't mind. And he had a very good uh, first up game. Yes, I think I did. I think I he, he played today and he had the most points on the team, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? Yes, sir. I don't know if it yeah. was the most on the team, but yeah, I just saw he had like 20 plus points and that's another guy mm. that um, come over here and absolutely ripped it up. So wh- what are you thinking there for the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix? Two early days to predict, Johnny, or are you thinking they're the real deal? They're going to make the playoffs this year? What are you thinking? 
I think it's probably too early days. There's a few teams in here I'll throw out there that probably, you know, they've missed those couple of games that have been rescheduled. They've only played the four, so it's probably a bit early for Phoenix, but good signs early on. Creek's got to keep up that performance, but I like, again, Adam starting. He's averaging 10 points a game, so I like what I'm seeing there. But the team that I am all over, and so are you, Nettie, is the Illawarra Hawks. Man, like, they've been affected by COVID as well, but how about Duop Riath? He's just taken that uh, Olympics yes, experience. Sir. Gone to another level, man. He's dominating at the moment. It's great to see a big man... I guess a local big man dominate in the NBL as well. It's fantastic. And look at his supporting cast, of course, Tyler Harvey. He's fantastic. He's one of our favorite players. Recruit, Antonius Cleveland, dude. He looks pretty good as well. That's a really nice backcourt they've got there. Of course, they're the best coach in the league. Uh, Jessup's still there. Sam Frolings showed some nice glimpses. That sort of rounds out that starting line. The only thing for Illawarra at this stage is their depth, I feel. They've got Xavier Rath and Mays playing some nice minutes off the bench, but there's not much after that. So, you know, you lose one of those guys in there and it really throws that team balance off but of course they've got Brian Gorge and we talk him up every time we're on the podcast so great coach there but I'm all over the Hawks and I've got a few nice young players coming through as well but we've got to talk your team Nettie Melbourne United of course they're four and two at the moment they've had a few nice games how about Caleb Agata dude he's sort of I didn't I didn't know a lot about him and he's been really a really nice surprise for Melbourne well, he started off slow, Johnny, and as did the – they had that sort of championship hangover, I guess. They dropped two games to win the season uh, – to start the season, and it looked all doom and gloom in, in Melbourne and people saying that they were easily the lesser team. Now, you get Chris Golding back. Caleb Agata starts to get more confident, man, and he's a – He's a very, very, he backs himself. He's a look to score first player, very un Josh Giddy like, mm. but I, I believe he played in the Canadian national team. Is that right? Or that was, yeah. it was one of those teams. I don't remember, but he ripped it up in the Olympics and he's looking very, very good. And I think United are going to be right up there again. And looking at the current top four, I think they're going to be the top four sort of teams that we're going to see right up there. Hopefully, Brisbane and whatnot will sort of make a push as well. But it's going to be an interesting playoffs series this year. I'm liking the look at United, though, man, as I am the Cairns Taipans, dude. What can you tell us about them? Yeah, well, the big news out of Cairns, obviously, is the injury to Scott Machado. So he's a few weeks yes. away at the moment. They've signed Marshall Nelson. He's sort of that local replacement that's come in. Probably not much to see there. But how about McCall, dude? He's averaging 17 points a game, and he's putting some bums on seat. But one thing I've noticed about the Taipans lineup, they've taken Machado out, but they're playing tall ball at the moment. So they've got Steven Zimmerman. He's the big American center. Uh, Noise there, Pinder, uh, Kual, Ball Kual. That's how you say his name. Majok Dang, of course. They're all over 200 centimeters. Like, this is a big lineup with McCall as the guard, and I like it. I love a different sort of lineup. Like, you've got forwards and a center and one guard left. Like, it's very different to how the NBA is going, but I actually really like it. I like how it looks on the uh, on the court. Whether they can keep it up is another thing. But, um, yeah, go on some uh, tall ball. Yeah, definitely. Right there, left. The Cairns Taipans could be a good good crew for you there, dude. This guy, McCall, I really like, John. He is just absolutely full of energy. And I did see on one of those many NBL sort of Facebook groups that I follow, apparently he's getting a bit of NBA attention at the moment, but Bryce Cotton isn't, which is bizarre to think. Yeah, I actually made a note about that. Um, and I'm not sure how hard it is to get these guys in from overseas, but I'm surprised that Cotton's phone hasn't rang at this point. I mean, it oh, might be yeah. hard for him to get over there, but like left, you see that as an option, bringing overseas players in, or it's just too hard to navigate at this stage? Definitely. I think in the current state of the NBA, with all these 10-day contracts being handed out, guys like Bryce Cotton should definitely be given an option. Bryce Cotton has got a great NBL resume already. I'm surprised... I imagine in some NBA circles, he's probably getting some buzz. He just hasn't got the call up yet. 
But seeing as all these players are going into health and safety protocols, I could definitely see him potentially getting a call up. Whether or not he'd go right now because of his success in the league, I don't know. But yeah, international guys, they, they, they're definitely getting a shot. Guys like like Lance Stevenson's back in the league again. Like he's mm. been out for a couple of years. It's just someone like Bryce Cotton, some of these young guys in the NBL and, and, and international leagues, they should definitely get a shot. I think it's worth worth a try. Yeah, and before we jumped on air here, Lef, Johnny and I were talking about Brad Newley, who's just had his rights picked up by the New York Knicks, I believe. 36 years young. I can't see it happening anytime soon, but I had a bit of a giggle about it. And I did read a statement from Newley that said, well, if they want to rebuild their team around a 36-year-old man, let's do this. Uh, that's going <laughs> I think he's possibly in his last season in the NBL, would you say, Johnny? So I can't see yeah. that. No disrespect to Newley, but, you know, there's weirder things that have happened right now and a guy that could get a 10-day contract and maybe make an impact is Brad Newley. So we'll see what happens with, with, with that situation. But one team I want to get you very excited about, Nettie, and I reckon left, this might be the team for you, is the Brisbane Bullets. And I've got a couple of points here that might sway you towards them. They're currently 2-2, two and two, which includes a win over Perth. That was Perth's one loss. And you're talking big-name recruits, Nettie, and Robert Franks has probably impressed me the most out of any of these imports coming in. 21 points a game and almost 10 rebounds per game as well. He's slotted in perfectly with Sobey and Lamar Patterson. So Patterson's got to play more small forward now. And Franks, he's, he's sort of a combo guard and he can play forward as well. I've loved seeing how he's gone about it. Tyrell Harrison, dude, he's a name to remember for future for future Boomers sides. He's a great Aussie prospect. He's kind of taken over from Matt Hodgson in that starting centre role. But get this, their next five games, the Breakers, they got Cairns twice and Tasmania and Phoenix is the fifth team they've got to play. I'm, I would not be surprised if they were seven and two after those five games. If they can get a win over the Phoenix, they should be able to take take care of these other sides. They could be one team to really watch in the back half of the season. Oh, most definitely right there, which we'll have our buddy David Knight jumping up and down doing uh, somersaults over that there. You got to love the, the Brisbane Bullets. And Johnny, was it, they've got Dang playing for them. Did you see yeah. that amazing flop they did? <laughs> This one has been heard around the league, my man. I need to. We need to find the video of this to show you, Lef. It is one of the most oversold flops I've ever seen in my life. It is embarrassingly <laughs> bad. Like I'm talking, and he fell over. Like it just. A, it was. It was so funny. He will never live that down. It was that bad but the Brisbane Bullets looking anything but bad and like you said five winnable games coming up got to get behind that uh, Bullets train Johnny and great to see him knock over Perth too yeah definitely so Lef if you're looking for a team I reckon the Bullets could be your side dude yeah righty I'll, I'll definitely have to have a look it was sort of interesting listening to you talking about the, the four big man lineup though for the Taipans that sounds um that sounds pretty interesting too Definitely nice. I like the car. Yeah, I like this, man. You're going to have to watch a game, damn it, laughing and get amongst it. How about Sorry, the Sydney man. Kings? This might, this team could interest you too. I've got a soft spot for the Kings now that our guy, Sean Bruce, has really cemented himself as a part of that roster. He's actually the the oldest guy on there now, John, hmm. crazily enough. I remember him playing here in the Hornet's Nest as just a kid. 
Yeah, oh, 100%. I'm so wrapped for Sean, and I've loved him starting. We spoke about him uh, last year on the podcast, but when he starts, when he was starting opposite Casper Ware, he just adds something to that team that no one else can bring, and I've loved seeing him start all these games this season. But the Kings are one team. They're 3-3 three and three right now. They've got some games coming up, which I'll explain my thoughts on in a minute, but they're one of those sides that could be really anything from this point. They're really hard to put a gauge yeah. on. But Jalen Adams and Joel Martin, they've been fantastic this season. Xavier Cooks, man, he's the one that I actually kind of expected to take a step up that hasn't quite this season, but he's sort of got another gear to go to. The big question mark, though, like Jordan Hunter's out for the season. They're really missing a, a sort of a dominant big man. They've got the two makers, Mature Maker. I can't remember the other guys. So the two makers are there, but just a dominant big man, especially when you've got Rias playing so well. And, 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 you know, they've got a lot of good big men in the league right now. Big Joe for United. It's going to be hard to sort of protect the paint, I think, on the defensive side. But the next four games include the Breakers twice and the Jack Jumpers twice. So there's a really good chance for them to win four games potentially, go to seven and three and really get their season on track. Yeah, technically on paper, they really should go to seven and three. But these guys, when they look good, they look good. When they look bad, they look really bad. United absolutely razzed them up before mm-hmm. Christmas, like big time, like demolished them. Lowest score in NBL history. I think it was 50 plus points or something like this oh, off the top of my head. Where it was, as a United fan, it was very nice to watch. As a Sean Bruce fan, it was very nice, uh, very not nice to watch. It was just, a, it was a horrible game for Sydney, but I think they should get back on track and, and let bygones be bygones. And for their sake, I hope they don't play uh, in Melbourne anytime soon because they just don't look good on that John Kane Arena, Johnny. No, that's a big problem for them, of course. And just a bit mismatched that team. And they've had a lot come in, a new coach. And, you know, Ford was there for one season. He got, like, it's just, there's been a lot happening at, at Sydney. And But another team, man, I think that haven't quite worked themselves out either is Adelaide. They're two and yeah. three at the moment. Games postponed. They've got a lot going on at the moment. DJ's their leading scorer. And he's, what, like 33, 34. So that's not yeah. a great sign, I wouldn't have thought. Look, the new backcourt, of course, Mitch McCarron, our boy, went across there. Dusty Hannes has been okay too. So that backcourt's yeah, not good. bad. The two guards, I think they're okay. Uh, Todd Withers has been all right. He's another import there. Isaac Humphreys is back. He's doing his thing. They're just not a not a championship lineup, but I think they just need some time. Um, they've had their two wins against the Breakers and the Jack Jumpers, so I'm, I'm not sort of sure. There's a few teams, obviously, towards the bottom of these kind of power rankings almost with the ladder, but Adelaide's one again. They probably just need a little bit of time to mesh, but um, there's some nice players there, but I just don't think DJ's the sort of guy who could lead them to a you know a deep championship run. Yeah, no, I would agree with you right there, but hopefully for the sake of our boy Mitch McCarron that something can happen. It's still weird seeing him in that Adelaide mm-hmm. But man, this is the team that you've jumped on board. Sir. Jumpers. Look how bad they were jumping all over the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Their team actually looks pretty okay, man. I've watched a few of these Jack Jumpers games and and the ants are marching. I love it, dude. Like, there's a lot to love. Only won the two games, of course. They won that opening round uh, match against Brisbane and then Breakers they beat uh, just recently, only a couple of days ago now. But the big sign for the big plus for Tasmania has been big crowds at home. That's what they needed and that's what the NBL challenged them and, and and sport in Australia was challenging to say, hey, you guys want a professional sporting team? Get bums on seats. And I tell you what, they've gone out and done that and I've said it before, Josh Adams and Josh McGetty, like there's two amazing signings, particularly Adams. Like he's putting bums on seats, dunking it from the free throw line and whatnot. Like it's fantastic to see him doing that. You've got Jack McVeigh and Sam McDaniels. They're, two, they're, they're sort of 25, 26. Like they're young stars, up and coming stars. Will Magne, we can't forget, he's still very young. Clint yeah. Steindl has been great as sort of that leader, team captain. He's having his best season. But there's just heaps, of like, heaps to like with the Jack Jumpers. It's not going to happen this season for them. But if they can keep that sort of young core together and maybe keep at least keep Adams because he's just fantastic. I love McGetty yeah. as well. But, 
you know, maybe get an extra big man in, like a, an import that can work alongside Magna, I think would be a really good uh, addition in there. But lots to like, man. Hopefully they can get a few more games, a few more wins under their belt in the next few weeks. Oh, yes. Well, Johnny, how about the New Zealand breakers to round things out? Before left sitting there, I hope taking all this in, man. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. We're giving you a week to think about this. You need to check out some games and whatnot. You've heard Johnny break down all the teams bar New Zealand. It'd be pretty wrong to jump on the New Zealand breakers being an Australian, but you might do, John. Well, tell us about breakers. I mean, not too much. It's going to be a long season for the breakers. I feel so bad for the men. Like, you know, the years gone past, like they were right up there in the last couple. You know, it was one of our bold predictions last season that they would have all their games on the road. And it's looking like it's going to be the same thing this year. And that plays a huge effect into into the players. But they've got a couple of nice pickups in there. Yannick Wetzel come across from the Phoenix. Dude, he's in line for most improved very early on in the season right now. But he's looking fantastic right, right there. Hugo Besson, he's that French guard they've brought across. He's possibly an NBA prospect for me. Maybe not this season, the following one, but he looks really good. He's a pure scorer out there as well. Findelaney, I really like. We've said his name a few times on this podcast. He's sort of improving just nicely, but there's just not the star power there for the for the for the breakers. Even a few games at home, I don't feel would probably change their their outlook too much. I don't know. They're missing some of those key parts they've had over the, the last few seasons that have sort of dragged them across the line in big games. But I mean, there's some good young players at, at the breakers, man. But they're probably in a bit of a rebuild mode right now. I would think you know get a few local New Zealand. New Zealand players in, which they have done, but I think they're uh, in for a long season. Yeah, they most definitely are. Well, looking forward to talking more NBL in the coming weeks, Johnny. Thank you for that breakdown, man. And right before we switch things up, I want to talk about it was the Looney Tunes. Uh, the jerseys were out over the weekend, and I re- I thought your boys, the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers, with the Tassie Devil, of course, on them, they looked very, very good. What was your pick of the bunch? I don't know. I think they all look pretty good this season. Um, I've got to stick with the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. I mean, the Tassie Devil fits it a little bit too well, doesn't it? I would have thought. But um, yeah, I might actually get myself one this season. I'm still waiting to get a Tassie Jack Jumpers jersey. I've, I've been sort of holding off on that one to pick a player. So maybe I'll go Tassie, uh, Tassie Devil and, uh, and and Josh Adams on the back, I reckon. Yeah, you sound like you're pretty hyped up over him. I think Brisbane, they had the the, t- the pick of them for me. Yosemite Sam on there looks badass, if I remember correctly. Brisbane Bullets, man. They're who you're suggesting left gets behind. I think he's going to hop behind Cairns. We'll have to go and wait and see on that one. Let's switch things up to the NBA, though, Trath. He's chomping at the bit. He's ready to talk the NBA. Brother, what can you tell us? What's making headlines and and what are you most excited about right now when it comes to the National Basketball Association? Well, first things first, the Lakers are finally winning some games. It's taken a position shift for LeBron James to center, and they finally, I think they've just won three in a row. We've had some some crazy game winners by DeMar DeRozan. I would say that's probably the biggest thing sweeping the league right now. He's the first player in NBA history to hit back-to-back game winners on back-to-back nights. I'm not sure if you guys saw that, but they were some crazy, crazy shots. Definitely saw it, man. It brings me back to what we were talking about on the last edition. And I'll just grab Johnny's thoughts on this real quick. How much do you think the Lakers are spewing for not picking up DeMar DeRozan? (laughs) Oh, man, they must be so peeved about that right now. 
yeah, he's just gone to another level. Like another, you know, we're talking MVP candidates. Like he's right up there, man. I think LeBron James as well. He's, I saw some numbers as the last three games he's moved to center, averaging almost 40 points per game. I mean, yeah, we're talking about Cairns playing some tall ball. I mean, there's a bit of small ball for him. So, yeah, but DeMar DeRozan, dude, like, oh, I love him. I think he's – not not that he's underrated, but um, I think he should be way up there in your top 10 talks. He's been fantastic this season. Well, as I wrote this yesterday, I haven't actually checked the NBA standings today, but as this went down, the Bulls were best in the East. How good is that right there? Chicago, top of the East. It's so good. It's so nice to see a big market and, and a really good team, a really enjoyable team, probably one of the most fun teams in the league in Chicago, being number one. Like, I think everyone thought the Nets and Bucks were going to be number one. And then after that, you know, Heat, some teams. But the Bulls have been amazing. In my opinion, they are the most fun team to watch in the league. I mean, they're missing Lonzo Ball at the moment, but don't tell the Bulls that because they can't stop winning. I think they're on a on an eight-game winning streak now. Yeah, they yep. just won eight in a row. They're, they're doing wow. so well. They just play so well. They, they're just taking turns. Like the other day, I think it was Zach Levine was the main scorer for the first three quarters. And then in their huddle, I heard him talking. Levine was like to DeRozan, all right, man, you take over this fourth quarter. And the leading scorer in the fourth quarter for the NBA just took over. And they're, they're fun. They're fun. Yeah, that's what you like to see, isn't it? Where they, they share the load a little bit right there, Left, And what else is making news that's got you excited? Apart, Well, the Lakers hasn't overly got me excited, but it was bound to happen. Although I can't see LeBron. Do you think he can keep up that 40 points per game? I think he can. I don't think he wants to. Yeah, I, it's a lot on it because he just turned 37 recently. The man was built in a machine. Oh, he's, he's too old to be doing what he's doing. But, I mean, it just points to his greatness, I guess. That's all you can say. Russell Westbrook needs to improve. Their role players need to improve. Something needs to happen, though, because if LeBron does this, they're going to be a first-round exit, no debate. But funny enough, one more win, if if they get one more win, they can jump all the way up to the fifth seed. So they're, they're right back in things. Oh, they're hanging around, and it's a very, very long season. They're definitely not riding off the Lakers anytime soon. It's just like we discussed on the last edition left, they are very much, well, at that point in time anyway, underachieving to what everyone had their expectations at, for sure. Definitely. If you just, it, It's quite interesting, though. If I had to make some observations this year, I would actually say the East is a, is, a, is a lot tougher conference this year in general. If you look at, say, even the top 10, 11, almost 12 teams in the East compared to the West, it's a much, much tougher conference this year. Aside from the top teams in the West, I mean, the East has been very competitive, very tricky. Any of those teams could really move pretty quickly. Same with the West. It's It's been a good competitive year. A lot of players have been out, unfortunately. So we're not going to get a great gauge of these teams until sort of the end of the season or the playoffs. So true. Oh, yeah, I, you, could, you could look at a team like even say like the Nuggets and say, oh, they're only in the fifth seed. They're not playing very well. But I mean, they're missing some of their best players. If Michael Porter Jr. comes back and actually plays well, I mean, they're going to be amazing. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure Jamal Murray's out the whole season. But like a team like that, you can never take out. Jokic has been playing amazing. It's just, it, it, it's a good season. It's interesting because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think anyone knows who's going to do what. And it, it's, it's leaving so much the imagination. 
it's just a fun season this year. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. I, I think you, you're you right on that. You've hit the nail on the head. The Eastern Conference does look a lot more stacked than it definitely in previous years. I still think the championship team will come out of the West, though. But what can you tell us about the Golden State Warriors just looking here? They're, they're sitting on top. They're looking good as per... As per we predicted once again, 29 and 7 at the moment. Word has it that Clay is returning this weekend, the ninth. What can you say? The best team in the league, having one of the greatest shooters of all time, about to return back to their team. I mean, it's 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 pretty unfair if you think about it. They're already the best team in the league currently, and having Clay return, if Clay even returns to 75, 80% of what he was previously, I, I don't know who's going to stop them, really. They're just, they're playing so well already. They're such a, I think what separates the Warriors compared to some other teams is their cohesiveness as a unit. They all play well. They're defensively the number one team in the league right now, which is really interesting. And they're just, they're such a fun team. I mean, what's probably going to end up happening is Jordan Poole's probably going to go into a six man type role. Clay's going to come in, start at shooting guard. And, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be crazy. I can't wait to see Clay come back. I mean, he's looking good already. I think in the warm-ups before the last game, he hit 25 straight threes. They're, just, they're, they're looking exciting. It's it's going to be... Obviously, he hasn't played, and I think it's almost been... I think it's been a 1,000 days since he played a game. I think I read that. That's yeah, crazy. Like crazy stats getting around yeah. since the last time he played, and there was all these... like plays had switched four teams and all sorts of things it was out of this world but i do think that's my tip for the chip but we called it early on this too johnny that was well before any of the craziness and i think the golden state warriors like they're playing defense now which is mm. you know that makes a difference too that's my tip for the the chip right there but hey i would be doing my i'm very excited at the moment left and I know this is not going to be a ratings winner here, but the Pistons are undefeated in 2022, baby. Uh, I know we're only four days in, but that first game against San Antonio, that was literally our G League team and Sadiq Bay that won that. And yeah. I was waiting for this to come up and not to mention that win against the Bucks, man, as well. Like they've started the year off, but hey, let's let Ned Tepper have the spotlight, man. Tell us a bit about what's going on. They're, they're, they're playing some great basketball right now. Well, man, I, obviously I went back and watched both games. And you would tell me, tell us about Hamadou. Let us know, Left. You were telling me this yesterday. He he has been playing out of his skin. I want to get your, you were saying that he had a tryout there with the Sixers for a while, but no go. Yeah, I think Hamadou tried out on the Sixers. He was originally drafted by the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, he's a... He's an extremely athletic player, tries very hard. I think the, the issue with him originally on the Thunder was he just, he was having a lot of offensive struggles. He couldn't really hit his shot. But man, he has looked so good for the Detroit Pistons as a pickup. I mean, he, he is great. He tries really hard. It, it seems his three-point shot's been falling. I think he had, what do you have? He had 30-plus point games in the San Antonio game. Oh, was yeah, it? man. He, he strapped the team to his back on that one. It was him and Sadiq Bay. Literally, mm. those two guys were only... He doesn't even... Oh, I mean, maybe he does start, but that was it. The rest were out on COVID precautions. Like, eight of our 
players were out and they somehow beat San Antonio, which was crazy. And that's when I was writing my notes going, this is great. We've actually won a game. And then the next day they, they back it up against the win against the defending champs. I'm doing somersaults, baby. Cade Cunningham back. He's looking fantastic. Sadiq Bay. If you've been following my posts on Facebook, you can see that I'm hyped. This is probably not going to last because Josh Jackson, he went out there and scored like 20 plus points in like 15 minutes. So that has not been a thing of consistency for him. But man, it was just the best game I've seen the Detroit Pistons play in years against the Milwaukee Bucks. I just love that. They broke a 16-game losing streak. And wow, if we keep up at this rate, we might even get double-figure wins for the season. (laughs) Well, those two wins have now put you from the worst team in the league to still the worst team in the league. But Uh, 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 not on what I'm looking at Second worst team in the league. Thank you very much. Oh, actually, yes, I lie, I lie. Sorry, sorry. Second yeah, worst on, team man. in the league. Sorry, man. Sorry. I, I, I got to make it clear. You're not the worst team in the league anymore. The Magic is slightly worse. Three <laughs> more losses. But hey, you got you got you got to take it where you can as a Pistons fan. Yeah, that's it, man. I, you know, the future's bright there. I'm going to stick with it. And we showed more than signs yesterday. Hey, that was the Bucks looked at pretty much full strength there too, Lef. Mm, and it I, was in I, Milwaukee. And it was it in Milwaukee. <laughs> it, it, it's a good win. It's a very, very good win. I remember how I was talking to you about that stat, how Detroit's almost, oh, sorry, not Detroit, Milwaukee's almost undefeated with their big three of, of Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Giannis. I think they've won like, I think they're like 13 and, oh, they were 13 and one. Now I think they're like 13 and two. <laughs> There's a number again. Three keeps coming up, doesn't it? Second worst. Oh, yeah. two there. Gabe Cunningham, man. I cannot wait, John. I'm excited for the first time in a long uh, time. That we'll game. So you should be, man. And they've got a couple of challenging games coming up uh, over the next few they're all weeks. Challenging, bro. They're all challenging. I was going to say, there's a game against the uh, Orlando Magic in there. So maybe a uh, chance Ooh. to really sort of stamp their authority against the uh, fourth, uh, 14th and 15th seeded sides in the East there, man. Yeah, but every time you get excited, though, John, every time you get excited, it seems to be they'll probably get blown out by the Magic by 30 points. So who knows? It depends what team shows up. But I've had my time in the spotlight here. Let's move on to the next bit left. What's going on with your boy Ben Simmons and the Sixers? We've got to ask, man. We've got to get an update right here. Mate, I, I, I have no update since the last time. Apparently, there's a bunch of teams which are interested. I think there was about four or five teams who were interested. It was... It's, I think num- one of the number one sort of teams interested is Indiana because they've yeah. recently said, look, no players are basically are basically free except for, I think I think they're saying Chris Duarte and Malcolm Brogdon, the only two off the table right now. They, they'd be happy to trade Sabonis, happy to trade Miles Turner. And I think they're definitely interested in, um, yeah, in Ben Simmons. Apparently, Cleveland might still be interested in Ben. Wow. But... I don't know how that works because the only they could only really trade either Kevin Love or Ricky Rubio, and unfortunately Ricky Rubio's out now with a torn ACL, so that's not good. I hope he's he recovers quickly. Um, yeah, and on, and on the topic of Cleveland, sorry to cut you off there, Lef. Did they sign Rondo? Because I did see that was in the works during yes. the highlights of that Pistons win. There was it was going up to <laughs> the bottom of the TV saying that they're trading Rondo for who? I haven't looked at, I know it's a three-team trade. I haven't looked at the specifics of the trade yet, but I know they did get Rondo. Oh, they did. So he's going to be the replacement for Rubio. What do you think about that? Because the Cleveland Cavaliers, before we jump into it there, left, we were speaking about this on the last edition. Johnny, would you listen to, you good freaking dude? 
what do you think, man? There, there's another surprise packet in the East. Cleveland, how good are they playing? Oh, who would have called Cleveland being in the sixth seed? I mean, they were literally sitting in the fourth seed only a couple of games ago. They just got overtaken by Miami in the 76ers, but they are such a surprise team so far. They've been playing crazy. I mean, the leap by Darius Garland is insane. He's making some all-star buzz. I don't know if he's going to make it, but I could definitely see him jumping in as a reserve or, or, or one of the last picks. I mean, Jared Allen, he's he's almost averaging a double-double. Oh, yeah. The most efficient player in the league. I think he's shooting like 70% from the field. Averaging like almost two blocks per game. He's got to get some all-star buzz. And I mean, their role players are playing exceptional. I mean, Kevin Love is looking actually decent again. And un- unfortunately, Ricky Rubio going down is a big blow yeah. to them because he was he was freaking unreal. He was playing insane. Rondo's He's not going to be able to... Yeah, sorry, man. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I said, is Rondo the right replacement? Will he be able to fill those shoes? Playmaking-wise, he's close, but offensively, he's nowhere near what Ricky Rubio was doing for them. Ricky Rubio was... He had games where he was like 30 points, 10 assists some games. Like, he's playing unreal. Like, uh, Ricky Rubio was arguably the the best backup point guard in the league almost. Like, he was playing seriously unreal minutes for for Cleveland. So, the loss of him is going to hurt a lot. But... I think Cleveland's going to stay in it. I could see them maybe falling down to maybe like the seventh or eighth seed, but I think their young core is going to really hold it together. They're, they're just looking good in general. You, you can't go past their rookies. You can't go past even Larry Markinen, who's now playing small forward when he was originally supposed to be a center or power forward. I mean, they're just, they're just insane. They're looking good. And I, if you're a Cleveland fan, you should be very, very happy. Very happy. Yeah, I've never been huge on the Cavs, but I do like see them seeing them play play well, man. It's good to see them right up there, and you know, just the resurgence of the East. We could talk about that all day, and the Bulls sitting there in in top position. Got to like that. Just noticing now, what's going on with the Nets? Three game losing streak. I don't know. James Harden's been playing a lot better recently, but Kevin Durant had some sort of a little bit more iffier games. He's still playing very, very well, but some more inefficient games. To start off the first third of the season, he was unreal. He was my MVP pick to start off with. He's come back to earth just a little bit. I mean, but truth be told, I'm not exactly sure what's going on. I think they're just dealing with like what everybody else is. Players are out. Blake Griffin's out. I mean, I'm not sure if he's back yet. They're just... They've had some losses. Every team goes through it, I would say. I would say they're going to be looking very good, though, because Kyrie Irving's supposed to be returning for away games. He's been coined as a part-time player. So it'll be <laughs> good to have him back again. That'll be They'll be looking like the big three they were supposed to be. And if, if Kyrie, James Harden, who's playing like an MVP right now, and Kevin Durant, who is arguably top three in MVP voting, if they're on the team again... Then, Watch out, everybody. If any team can beat Golden State, it'll be them. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up and Kevin Durant will have that, you know, fire to want to beat Golden State being his former team, of course, where he won the championship. Now, John, what are you thinking on the Kyrie Irving situation? We'll leave it at this, man. I want to get your thoughts on the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving. We're talking about if that big three returns to Brooklyn, but he's only going to play away games we often talk about culture and all that sort of things when it comes to basketball. Can they win a seven-game series with Kyrie only playing away games? Is that weird? Like, 
It it's is. kind of weird, isn't it, man? Like, it's you're going to go out, you win two games, like, nah, boys, I'm going to sit these couple out. Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a weird situation we find ourselves in, especially when Paddy Mills is playing well. I guess yeah. kind of as that fill-in when Kyrie's not there. But, like, I don't know how you build a team chemistry when you've got a guy as talented as Kyrie coming in and only playing away games. And, of course, you've got to work out how does he fit that dynamic. Like, we've seen Westbrook yeah. struggle with the Lakers, and we've seen that happen before, that sort of third wheel almost. But if he's not going to be there for every game, it's like it's going to take a very special team to come together. And I know you can often say, like, a, a, a championship team can beat a team of champions kind of thing. So I don't really know how that dynamic's going to work. From a culture point of view, I'm not sure. Like, that's probably the biggest concern for me is, like, uh, you know, it's still a long season ahead. You know, if, if if Kyrie decides to come in, starts throwing his weight around, then he starts complaining and whatnot. And, and just who knows yeah. how that dynamic is going to work. It's going to fall a lot on that, on Steve Nash's shoulders. Can he build a, a good a good culture in that team? If there's anyone that can, I think he probably could. I think he's a very respected coach. It's definitely by the players. You know, any other coach would probably struggle with it. But, you know, he could be the key man to making this work. But, you know, what a strange situation it is right now. It is absolutely bizarre. Well, boys, unless you have any more to touch on right now left, I think that will almost do us for this edition of Talking Hoops. You got anything more in the NBA world, my friend? I don't really have too much more to add. I mean, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's fun. It's a, it's an enjoyable league right now. I mean, all-star voting's coming up. I reckon next episode we should all, all pick yes. down our picks for the all-star game and have a discussion about that. Maybe talk about the almost... We're not quite into the mid-season, but start talking about some awards because there's some good players up and coming for the most improved rookie of the year sort of the all-star teams go from there but aside from that just having some fun seeing how things are going watching Jar Morant be absolutely insane good stuff good times You didn't post my pick, man. I sent that through. Did you see my John Morant post there, John? All about him in the Grizz. That's one thing really quickly before we wrap this thing up. The Grizzlies are looking good. Man, there's an, there's an exciting team in the uh, West. And who, you know who you can thank for that? One player who I think is the most underrated player in the league right now, Desmond Baines. I'm not oh, sure if you guys know. Baines. Yeah, I'm not sure if you know too much about him. but Yeah, love him, man. He is insane. If there is any player who is a future all-star who's come from absolutely nowhere, I think it's Desmond Baines. He is just a sharp-shooting, playmaking, defensive... Oh, I don't even know. Hound. He's, he's amazing. He's so good. Boston would be kicking themselves right now. Boston had the draft rights for him, but they decided to give him up for Peyton Pritchard, who can't hit the three like he's supposed to be able to hit the three. And, and he's just playing insane. He's arguably been their most consistent player this year because Jar Morant's missed a lot of time. I mean, he's really good. He looks better than Jaron Jackson Jr., which is saying something because he was supposed to be their second best player. So Grizzlies fans have got to be loving life right now. Having Jar Morant play at, a, at an all-NBA level, Jaron Jackson Jr. be amazing defensively, Desmond Baines be that great secondary playmaker, shooter, scorer, they're a young, exciting team. I think they're going to be the next sort of... I think they're going to be that next sort of Warriors-type team. I could see them definitely having an upset maybe in the playoffs or maybe next year. Yeah. And then look forward to them being a championship contender and maybe even next year, two years, three years from now because they're so good. It'd be great to see you right there on the back of Bane. Love it, man. <laughs> no S left. There's no S, is there, John? In Bane, uh, I'm pretty Bane. sure. Bane? 
It's been. So I'm going to piggyback onto that comment just as we wrap things up. And I, I love, and we, we said that in the preview show, didn't we, boys? Like the Grizzlies are one of the favorite teams to watch, but a lot of the improvements come from within. Like players they've drafted, players they've, they've sort of acquired to fill a role. And, and I love seeing that. I love seeing a young up-and-coming team with a star like Ja Morant and, and a great supporting cast do well. And I, I, I agree with Left. They could, they could surprise a few this season, but look out for them next year to really push those top few seats. Left knows what he's talking about, man. The guy is an NBA guru down there. Wise head on those very young shoulders, John. And they did it the right way, like those early Golden State boys. They've recruited nicely. I like that right there. The Memphis Grizz, we're all about them. But thank you so much for taking some time out, boys. It has been a bunch of fun to get back in the studio. Talking Hoops, first edition of 2022. Thank you, John. Thank you, Trace. Be sure to check us out on uh, the socials. What do we got there? Talking Hoops podcast on Facebook. Twitter, Johnny, is... Talking Hoops pod, I believe. And uh, how about on the Insta left? Talking underscore hoops podcast. Yeah. You'd be surprised how many talking hoops and podcasts have been taken up on those social handles, but we managed to get them all in there somehow. Thanks again, fellas. We'll be back next week. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network. Greywolfentertainment.net.